Yo, yo, this is episode 105 of the Beef and Bitcoin podcast with your hosts, Brett and Happy Shilmore. <laughs> uh, yeah, we haven't recorded in a couple months, dude. Things have been absolutely insane in the last it's couple been, of months. It's been since January. Yeah, Jan- January. January 3rd was like the last one we published, and Bitcoin was at 33,000 that yeah. day. And now we are at 52,665. Yeah. <laughs> incredible it's been it's been quite the quite the move i guess it's at the time we were recording in january uh i don't think at the time we saw that coming and even today like i didn't expect to be where we are today it seems like things happened kind of just a lot sooner than expected um not that any of this was expected at all (laughs) i remember just being in the depths of the bear market and it was like whoa around christmas time started moving and it was like wait what yeah, I mean, like we started recording in end of November, December 2018, and prices appreciated 1,400% there. But I mean, really the last movement of it all has been since October 2020. I think that's when it really took off. I remember I texted you and we were talking about it. I think you were on vacation. I went on town for a little bit, and it just like it just started going. And, you know, the 20K, yeah. there was a little pause and accumulation around 20K, and then boom, it's been nothing but up only. I mean, with a few, obviously no doubt volatility but uh yeah overall trend has been up yeah it, it took about four looking at those weeklies it took like four weeks or so hanging around 20k before it actually took off which i don't know i was expecting it to kind of go down when it got that close to be quite honest with you and not make I mean, a make we a did hard go break, down but... a decent amount but obviously not a whole lot i guess would be expected I mean, went down to 16k and that was kind of Bye-bye. It just, yeah. I mean, it got ate up. I mean, there was, obviously, buyers were there. So it was up only at that point. But, I mean, again, it took, yeah. it's kind of funny. When you look at it, um, when you look over time, it's easier to, uh, you know, when it's happening, it's much slower. I, I don't know if that's a better way to put it. You know, because you're living throughout the hours, you know, the minutes. Versus yeah. when you zoom out, and like, oh, that was just, like, you know, a few candlesticks. And it's like, oh, that was three weeks of, you know, high volatile prices, you know, trying to break 20K. So it's a definitely, um, it's kind of like, as you and I talked before now, it's like, if you don't, if you, if you don't own Bitcoin, you kind of dumb per se, because it's the price is almost over 20 X in the past year. So it's, it's definitely been right. a whole 180. And it's always kind of funny as we talk about price drives adoption, it changes everyone's opinion. Big time, big time. Yeah. I mean, I remember my coworker talking to me about it. I've been talking to him about it for like the last couple of years, maybe since like, yeah, probably since when we started recording and, uh, and he's, you know, he's a typical retail investor has got a bunch of properties, you know, holds some stonks, stuff like that. He's actually a really decent investor. Um, and you know, he, he has a little Bitcoin position and it's funny cause he, 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 he thought, yeah, maybe we'll be at, 50,000 like sometime in 2022 like his it's interesting the normie mind who's like just starting to look at bitcoin just doesn't think it can go to prices that are that the 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 person who's been in since maybe 2017 or been watching it knows like oh when this thing starts to run like it can really it can really move and go to prices you didn't think were were possible um but even a lot's happened since the last time we recorded. I remember I'm looking at one of the titles of one of our 
prior uh, episodes, and it it was, will Tesla buy Bitcoin? And that ends up happening. Um, they were buying Bitcoin probably before, I think, weren't they? If I remember correctly, we recorded that. Like um, what? We recorded that in December. Okay, so, so sometime we recorded around that. that yeah, I want to say they got in. At, I, I can't even remember anymore. We it was it was sometime time. around around or before Christmas. You know, yeah, someone looked, like someone did the research behind it. You know, and the buy-ins. Oh right, right, right. But uh, and then you know you have you have new news today. You have Elon announced Tesla will be accepting Bitcoin for car purchases. But you know, as as bullish as that may sound, um, I really don't see anybody doing it. <laughs> you have tax consequences to deal with if you're if you're selling. You have other things to worry about. Um, plus, like at this point, you might as well hang on to it. So I don't know. Maybe a tenth of a percent of cars will be purchased with Bitcoin. And that's probably even like a stretch. But in my opinion, the real news is that, you know, he said, quote, on Twitter, Bitcoin paid to Tesla will be retained as Bitcoin, not converted to fiat currency. So I think that's, it's like an additional DCA strategy they can do, right? If you're willing to sell your goods and services for Bitcoin, you know, more power to you. It's a great way to accumulate. Uh, I have absolutely no clue if they're going, going to buy more. I mean, they bought like one and a half billion dollars worth or something. So at that point of your Tesla, who knows? You might as well just keep it, right? At worst case scenario, if the company shits a brick, you can borrow against it or something and keep financing your operations. Uh, worst case scenario. Not saying that they'll have to do that, but at least it's it's a start. Uh, it seems that their balance sheet now is stronger. Like in the worst of cases of scenarios, that's like surprisingly their hardest asset that they have. Um, so did, did they say how many Bitcoin they own? Like how many, you know, total, like, is it like 5,000 or something? There's a, there's an estimate, but I mean, they bought one point one and a half billion dollars worth. I think they're up like a billion on it and their total. And I, oh, I want to say yeah. it was, like between seven and eight percent of their total uh, cash on their balance sheet. Companies don't that, need to make uh, money anymore, people. They just need to buy assets and make money. They buy crypto and make money. That's that's where the stage of this market we're in. Tesla yeah, doesn't need to make money anymore. They just sell EV credits and make a billion dollars on their Bitcoin purchase. This is, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where we're where this we're at, at in the cycle. Yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah. Um, and it's like. This is history. Yeah, I mean, like, and, and like, I don't care anyone. This is, this is, you know, whatever <laughs> you look at it. This, it's gonna be an interesting. I don't know how it ends for Tesla, but um, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, it, it's definitely going What's, to be interesting. Their market cap's still probably ridiculous too. Yeah, six hundred and four yeah, billion. No big deal, dude. It's, yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh man. I don't think people realize how blown out valuations have gotten in proportion. And again, it's free money, dude. Even and you and I talk about inflation, like it's here. I hear so many mm -hmm. people talking about it now. I texted you today about it, like talking about it, people talking about lunch golf memberships going up. You know, hiking golf, and like you see it all the time. I see it everywhere. And like the thing is, is you realize like normies are starting to see it. It's like fuck. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think your average person is also starting to see the inflation come in, and especially like you know your general contractors and other people like that are are getting oh, yeah. a nice hard look at the cost of lumber, the cost of steel, um, shortages in certain products that they need, building materials. Uh, you, you see it in in real estate, and more so. Uh, just because like a lack of supply in the real estate market, right? I know, I know houses are being sold. Basically, people are um, not ins doing inspections. They're waiving inspections. They're waiving all kinds of things, which is, I don't know. That's a sign of the times, I guess. But you have on top of that, the rent moratoriums and eviction moratoriums that will eventually start to work themselves out and people aren't going to want to get foreclosed on. So you have limited supply of housing. You have people who like are really trying to move too. people are trying to go to Arizona or Texas or Florida. They're trying to make moves and there's not a lot for sale. So you're seeing some really wacky things. Uh, one of my good buddies is, is moving to Pittsburgh and he's putting offers on houses like every weekend sight unseen, just, over asking you like have to do what you got to do to to get a house and uh the the frothiness definitely seems like it's you can see the inflation coming in, in other things my my thing is even when like you look at the lumber charts and stuff like that is is there going to be a i hate to use the term like a new normal but when I look at this chart and it looks like <laughs> the last decade like uh, the last decade on average it was call it in the $400 range Even less you know, than approximately. That, <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of my, that's kind of my thing. When I look at this lumber chart, obviously it's insane with the, the cost of lumber kind of skyrocketing, but with, with inflation setting in, you know, I, I, I wasn't around for the, for the inflation in the, in the seventies, but does this chart end up being like, if you take that graph and kind of shift it upward, like the, the new normal ends up being lumber prices and, you know, double what they are from that $400 range? Or like, is it going to be on average, you know, much higher than it was? It's like, I just can't tell it. That looks like very cyclical to me, which is, which is interesting. I was going to say, look at this, like, so this chart goes back to the early seventies, you know, when money, when the U S dollar dealing from gold. So from October, 1974 to August of 1979, the price of lumber basically went up roughly just shy of 200%. And in the last, what do you want to call it, from basically the bottom in March of 2020, end of March 2020, yeah. <laughs> to August of 2020, so all of you know, four months, you know, maybe five, if you want to say, almost 300%, 275%, the price of lumber just went vertical. I mean, is there any other way to describe that, vertical? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely... <laughs> It spiked for sure. I mean, this is what happens when the the money itself has just been played with. There's no rules. We just print. I mean, prices. You don't find it. There's no price discovery. It's just woo, funny money. It's fun coupons. Yeah. That's what we have. We're literally giving out free money. <laughs> it's right. bad. Yeah, it's, it's, and you know, you look at this and say, okay, well, it's it's certainly gonna continue its whipsawing and find some sort of balance with supply and demand. The problem I see is if all of a sudden that supply and demand equilibrium winds up being 500 bucks or 600 bucks or something, that's a, you know, that's a full hundred percent increase now on average for the cost of lumber. So there goes your housing costs, the cost of 
redo your kitchen goes up, you know, all of these things start to add up. And that's where it's not like you and I have talked about this before. The the cost of like movie t- tickets ever went back down to like $7 or 25 cents. It, it like went up to 12 bucks, 20 bucks in some areas, and it never really came back down. Although the difference now is you could, you can watch YouTube for free, right? That, I mean, that's difference. That's a technological advancement. Um, but the bigger fear is if those, those commodity prices all of a sudden make like a, like a permanent shift upwards of, I don't know, X percent. That's when it's like, all right, houses now cost this because of the cost of lumber going up or cars cost more because of the cost of steel and and, and things like that. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, the other day I messaged you or texted you about it. Like literally in a vending machine, I saw gum and went from, you know, it used to be probably 75 cents or for a pack of five gum not too long ago and probably 50 cents in the last, you know, decade, if not, you know, seven, eight years, the pack of a five stick of gum was a dollar. It's 20 cents a stick of gum. I don't care what anyone says. That is inflation. That is absurd. That's a crime against humanity. (laughs) Well, I mean, these are the things that people don't really think about. And it's, you know, it was, it's easy to dismiss this stuff. I remember my first job, I literally made like $7 an hour. And I, I mean, I know people still make that today and it's, it's hard, dude. Life is not easy. I, to, I, I totally get it, but it's more that those, those permanent increases in the things that people actually need to survive food, water, shelter, rent, car, gas, electric electricity. I mean, those are the things that are conveniently left out of the CPI basket because they're too volatile <laughs> in, in the wrong direction. They're too volatile. Um, but these, these are the things for like the average person. It's, it's tough. Even, you know, even for an average middle-class person or person with a professional job, you know, depending upon what state you live in, how even houses now seem like they're becoming further and further out of reach. And, you know, it's, it's the natural consequence. Prices. Yeah. Dude, it's yeah. It, you know, like, like, and I feel so bad for people in our generation, millennial and, you know, mm-hmm. Gen Z where you're like, you're like, okay, how can the average person who makes 50, 60, even who might hundred K a year, you know, when you're looking at some of these home prices and suburban areas, I know there's, it depends on where you are in the country and everything, that prices change, but just normal homes, 350K, 400K, 500K, you, you know, like, yeah. I mean, that's five years of work, you know, and that's, you know, obviously yeah. you put down payment, but you get what I mean. Like, it's it's different. Totally. Again, it, it just, now, if you're, there's a very small subset of the population that makes a shit ton of money, and I, I have nothing against making money, but what happens when you have inflation, what happens when you have these easy money policies is the people who own assets, own businesses, make the most fucking money. And if your wages stay the same or don't keep up with inflation, you pretty much get dicked. And I, that's the, the easiest term to put it. You get dicked. Like the Fed, other central banks, you know, prop up assets. They, you know, when anything goes down, they're, they're there. Like, I mean, we can't talk about like last year, like the whole economy shut down. And we rebounded and nothing was open for weeks, but things just kept going up. It's, and I have nothing against it. I'm just saying like, this is all a result of easy money policies in the decade right. plus of, you know, it's been longer than that, but really since the financial crisis, I mean, it's an interesting culmination. And again, we started recording this podcast and the U S wasn't a state, you know, I guess we did have government assistance and money, 
but we want full-blown socialism under Donald Trump and no one talks about it. And it's like, right. I mean, that's pretty fucking historical. We just started giving out free money. I know we're not the only country, but like there's consequences for just giving out loans and free money everywhere. Like there are, yeah, I mean, no matter what way, you know, it's, this isn't about feelings or moral part of it. There, there are real world consequences of printing all this money. Yeah. And I, I, that's the thing that I think most people, it, it's easy to not think about the other side of the coin, like, oh, well, you know, we need to help people. And of course, like, that's definitely top of mind. The majority of the time, it's, you don't realize that handing out the money can end up making things worse a couple years later when it doesn't rents have I mean, doubled. It doesn't even take you can't buy a this home. point. I mean, yeah. like, right. you know, I talked to my dad about this because he's a sales consultant. And like, perfect example, I think mean, granted lease prices are a little different, but like um, where he does, you know, where he sells cars, it's, it's Detroit market. And not that people don't buy cars, but majority of market in Detroit is leasing. It's just prices are much more geared better that way. Anyways. Prices of leases, like you don't get turned out leases anymore. Two fifty leases don't exist anymore, and that was all two, three years ago. People come in from 2018, 2019 customers, and you can't get a two hundred and fifty dollar truck payment. It's maybe three fifty at best if you have, you know, employee discount and other things for people. But like, otherwise, it's 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 insane. And you see, even like you and I talked before, like try buying a new car in the U.S. for less than twenty five thousand dollars. Can't. And yeah, <laughs> you, just, you just can't. And there's and again, we. You know, um, I know there's stats about, you know, back when money was gold, but like someone could work for a month and a half and they could buy a new car or something. I'm not saying like, right. you know, obviously there's a used car market, but you and I, I know we've messaged about it. And it's kind of big news now is there's a major microchip shortage. So none of these mm -hmm. car auto manufacturers can make fucking cars. You know, like Ford's been pushing out cars. They've been making all these cars and just setting them aside because they don't microchips. And like, for instance, like FCA, which is now Stellantis, which is Fiat Chrysler originally, um, is literally just making like Rams, Wranglers, and Grand Cherokees, and like you know occasionally like fucking scat packs and Hellcats for people. But like that's it. They're only making things that <laughs> yeah. no. It's like they're at that point, and you know I talked to my dad about this, and like they're a year ago their dealership was nine hundred cars, and now they're under three hundred cars. So yeah, that's levels wild. are way down, and you see the same thing with used car lots. I know other people that own car dealerships, and it's the same thing. And it's it's going to be interesting. Like he's, he's like I he's like I might as well just take a month off this summer because there's going to be nothing to sell. Yeah. Like, just like, um, and I can only imagine like smaller, you know, you know, out of town dealerships stuff like that that usually normally stock, you know, maybe 150, 200 cars, are you know in the double digit cars, and that might be under 50 for all. I mean, it's it's pretty interesting to see happen. Um, we don't even think about it, and this whole Suez Canal thing is kind of a little black swan in here. Um, a little bit yeah. of an omen almost because it's like it doesn't seem like much and I know we talk, I mentioned before like we live in such a digital world where we get information all the time we don't think about you know things like trains large ships that transport all our goods obviously aircraft are involved but aircraft's more expensive way more expensive than shipping you know um, on a train yeah. or intermodal you know so uh, but this is massive like they can't move this giant ass container ship it's like a thousand feet long out of the canal no, you know, nothing can get through, you know, from the Mediterranean to the Red Sea. I mean, that is massive. You're going to have all these ships piling up. They're going to have to redirect. And the delays are going to, you don't even think about it. It's going to disrupt the supply chain. It's going to be a, a fucking earthquake in the supply chain like, like this. And it's going to be noticed, guess what, in a week or two. It's not going to take long. 
And guess who's gonna know beforehand? The market. <laughs> right. I mean, and it's and it, it might take maybe another you know, it might take another three weeks, but the market's gonna know ahead of time. It's like fuck, this is not good. You know, like this is look at look at how fucking big this ship is, dude. Look at that little fucking that's not a small dozer. <laughs> look at the yeah. anchor, the anchor. <laughs> it's, dude, it's, yeah, it's incredible how big how big those ships are. I, mean, I think it's also it's a good point of um like more of like a on a bitcoin term it's it's a single point of failure right like exactly. I, i'm i'm not sure if this has happened well, before the way no, that I they're talking about is, it makes it seem in, like it this is a rare occurrence so um, i had a, i was looking this up and i'm gonna cut you <laughs> off but like because some points the channel had multi, you know two canals and stuff like that but this was like one part where it got stuck and there's you know only the single part in that canal yeah like i want to say it got stuck in the northern part right up here you see yeah, how that's man. just one long channel? And so yeah. you got two up here, you got two channels up here, but for that stretch of however many miles it is, maybe 20, 30, 40 miles, uh, it's one long channel. And then down here you can see there's two channels that feed to the lake, and then there's another single channel that feeds from the lake to the, uh, what was it, Red Sea. So it there's two choke points in there. Um, you know, and it got stuck in the northern choke point. Which is pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it sucks. It's like, but these are the kinds of things where single points of failure totally make a difference. Uh, this is probably like a one in a hundred year event or something. It probably <laughs> happens. Yeah. Seriously, it's not. I, like dude, I mean, they, every hundred years. It, I mean, they like, didn't have. Sh I mean, ships like this before. So I mean, this this might be a first time thing ever. I mean, right. the Suez Canal has been around for hundred and maybe a little over hundred years. I have to look, but it's not been on that long. Yeah, and this is where redundancies and um, you have to think really carefully about this stuff. Even, you know, with, with the masks, the mask shortage, it turns out it's like, oh, well, masks are only made in one place on the planet. And if if people think that they need them all around the globe and they're only made in one place, like, well, what do you do? So maybe that's not a good example, but it just goes to show you the dependency on single points of failure for, you know, if you have one country that makes the majority of people's stuff, it can be a challenge if you <laughs> need that stuff. In, China. <laughs> and, and, you know, like if you need that stuff and you can't, like I think TSMC is actually, they're opening up like two plants in Arizona like a billion, they're going to drop a billion or two billion dollars on building like chip fabs there, which that's awesome because you need more foundries around the globe that can make silicon processors. Like it, you, you gotta, we gotta get there. And not a lot of stuff is made in America. It's funny actually, not to go back on Tesla, but it, Elon had said he's like. Yeah, I know it sounds weird, but there hasn't been a new like car manufacturer in the States that's actually making them there in like a hundred years or something. And I was like, well, I guess that's actually pretty impressive, like yeah. to, to make something here. And cars are expensive to make. Like you need to the you need to people don't even think about the labor that goes into it and stuff like that and the parts oh, and the supply yeah, the yeah. supply chain too. Like you know, like a lot of these auto manufacturers, especially you know, even Americans, a lot of the parts that are sourced are made out of the country because just right. if you inputted that labor cost into those parts, it would just be too expensive. Yeah, it, it's 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 incredible. You think about the 
what's the the video like eye pencil or something like how much logistics go into like making the graphite and the wood and the paint and it's being shipped from all over the world like it it's one of the greatest arguments against centralized control kind of more socialistic type of you know government rule over the production of stuff like there's too many inputs and variables for one centralized kind of person or group to make everything it's it's impossible goods are made in other parts of the world and shipped in and like you can't do everything um and you know even just suez canal thing this is like black swanish right it's like oh who you're right we're not going to find out for a couple weeks <laughs> like oh where's the shortage of what what was on the ship where was it going who needed yeah. it and it's yeah. not even that dude all the ships that are stuck now Right, hundreds. Right. That's, yeah, I, that's a bigger point. Yeah, and hundreds of container ships, other container ships, cannot go through now. You know, whether east to west or west to east, whatever, they're all pool, pooling up in this area. And also, I, the uh, Suez Canal was started in 1859 and completed in 1869. So it's been around for actually well over 150 years, which is pretty incredible when you think about it. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it's going to be. I don't know what the cause list again like is this like because like i feel like last year coronavirus really wasn't a black swan you and i talked about it. like there was a lot of people mm -hmm. talking about it like we, especially even we say like a lot of bitcoin people were on top of that way ahead of time you know right. it, was a, it was a big deal like but again like mainstream media blew it off like it was mentioned in late january then blown off and then a month later a little over a month later maybe five weeks later you know it ends up changing everything we do in life I mean, yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, like literally, the whole world fucking ceased to exist for a few weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's... yeah, that sucked. It's <laughs> not fun. I'm, I'm so ready. I mean, I guess it like... still sucks, but I just like want to be able to go out to a restaurant and sit down at a bar. Is that too much to ask yeah. for? Do I can I? Do I have to fucking like come in? Wait, oh wait, we can't let you stand at the bar. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> we've lost our minds. We've lost our I, I ate outside the I ate outside at a restaurant the other day. It was pretty it was it was awesome actually. No, I love it. Nice it's to, it's so to nice to go out, dude. It's so nice to go out and eat lunch like it um because where I'm at in Michigan, like we were shut down for like three because for whatever reason shutting down like after there's been a pandemic going for six months, like for three yeah. months or whatever, like not letting people go sit inside. It's fucking depressing. Like for society, like you can't yeah. do that to people. <laughs> like, like especially during the winter. Like, what the fuck? And, like, you know, talking about, like, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Yeah. Like, oh, what are you supposed to do? Sit in your thumb? Like, can't yeah. go out and enjoy dinner? Like, you yeah, realize how good, you realize, like, how, as humans, like, how it is so good for us to get out and interact with everything. Or you just, if you live out, you know, whether you live on the mountains and just get out, like, you know, being uh, yeah. trapped inside is not good. <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah, let's jump to that uh, that last topic with uh, Fidelity ETF filing. I think <clears throat> this got a lot of attention today. Um, you know, Fidelity's actually been in the Bitcoin space since like 2014. They've been mining for a long time as part of their innovation efforts, which is which is good to see. And I mean, we've had a. It seems like we've had a half dozen uh, ETF filings in the U in the U S within the last couple of weeks, uh, NYDIG has one mm -hmm. fidelity, this one that just happened. I mean, this happened today. Um, if anybody has a shot, I mean, fidelity seems like a great, a great, um, 
potential to have that. And it seems, I mean, I don't think we talked about this too much in 2018, 2019, like when ETF, it, it had gotten to the point for me where I was like, it might never happen <laughs> just because it's, I think that people started filing what maybe like 2013, 2014. I think the Winklevoss did one yeah. in 2016. It was, it was just always a no go. Right. So the, the ETF pump news was just, I had kind of written it off as it would just never kind of materialize. But I, I also didn't see the institutional adoption come in, in, in 2020 and, and now here in 2021. So I don't know. It, it, the, the path is being paved by, a couple of people who are, you know, willing to kind of roll the dice here and, and put Bitcoin on their balance sheet and stuff like that. So uh, it, it would be nice to see it happen because, you know, as, as you and I've talked about, there's a lot of boomers, Gen Xers, hell, even myself, like I wouldn't mind holding an ETF. Like it's really easy. You get a 1099. That's not complicated. Um, that's going to be really attractive to people. Of course, you know, you have the not your keys, not your coins and there's that that's its own set of issues and problems that people need to kind of take responsibility for. But I think, I hope that it happens maybe this year or next year or something. I, I don't know what needs to happen. My, my bigger fear is that it happens like at the peak mm -hmm. of whatever the, whenever like the bubble's about to pop and it's like ETF gets announced and then yeah. psh, this, the bear market starts, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not tell you, like, bear markets are brutal. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm very, very, and I've seen about this before we recorded, I'm very, very bullish on Bitcoin um, as long term. I think, Right now, um, you know, we're seeing kind of the end of dollar hegemony, and you, you know, and I hate to say it as an American, like you're seeing the end of dollar hegemony. It's going to have a very, very real effect in America um, that people don't understand. But other countries, Russia, China specifically, especially, um, and probably soon to be the EU countries too, are going to want to break away from the dollar. Um, yeah. They're going to want to, and uh, so that's going to be the thing, you know, to watch here is like, you know, what, what next? And, Bitcoin might only play a minute, maybe an intermediary intermediary role in just simply international transactions, because honestly, right. like there's nothing that beats that right now because you can do it 24 seven, 365 without interference. So, you know, uh, it might not happen for another five years, maybe 10 years, but sure. I'm bullish at this point. I think, you know, it's, it's hard for me. Like when people ask that, you know, I see people ask me about crypto and getting in, it's like, okay, you got to have perspective here. People like, this, this asset yeah. has went up 15, 20 times from last year, you know, and then when we talk, when you talk about the general nature of altcoins, I mean, some of those things are up 50 X, you know, and, and as we learned in 2017, you know, there, there are times to be wary of where you're at in the cycle, you know, um, and we always talk about be greedy when others are fearful, be fearful when others are greedy, you know, but just have a general idea. And if you're getting, if you're new in the space, I would say, you know, not that you don't put skin in the game because having skin in the game will make you research more, but don't go right. crazy. Understand where you're at and don't blow your load all in one shot. It's pretty, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it, it's pretty simple, you know. Um, like I know you, yeah, you, you I like to use discounting average, you know, and that's a great way if you want to own something, but you, you know, it's because it's fucking impossible to pick tops and bottoms, so. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you kind of have to learn that the hard way to be like, all right, if this is something that I like actually want to hang on to for a couple decades, maybe you want to pass it on to your kids, things like that. It's like a 
kind of like a long-term accumulation thing or i mean this is what people do as they accumulate more capital they start buying real estate right it's it's not that different right it just you need to be prepared and I, i've said this before i was like in three years from now if the price of bitcoin is at fifty-two thousand, whatever that it is today like don't be too upset about it you just yeah. feel like it, for, it happens in these very weird four-year cycles historically. Maybe that won't happen uh, for the next four years. Nobody has a clue, but you need to mentally kind of be prepared for that. And if it's something that you want to save in or hold long-term, that's like you kind of – I wish somebody would have given me that advice like in 2017. Be like, yeah, maybe just you know get yourself some, hang on to it, learn about it, and then decide if you want to get more. So – now it's of course it's hard to kind of not get excited during like bull runs right i mean this is us like four fucking years ago <laughs> um everybody's getting excited with the price so it's like you just need to be mentally grounded i think and make sure you're thinking about it in the right way that's that's best for you yeah no um it's you know it's different for everyone and like you know, I, I personally have a very, very bearish outlook on everything right now, and it's not because I'm not bullish on you know Bitcoin long term right. or just the space long term. I think the space, like you and I getting experience in the space, gives us leaps and bounds over most people. Now, obviously, uh, you and I would agree that the UI, UX, user user interface, user experience for crypto and Bitcoin is just still fucking horrendous for the most part. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's tough. For people like you and I use it regularly, and it's like even for smart people I know, they're like, fuck, this is computer savvy people. So that that's going to be one of the biggest hurdles for this to be adopted. It's just ease of use. You know, Yeah. for the average normie storing your private keys, having to write them down physically and, you know, stuff like that, hardware wallets, fucking impossible. I just hate to say yeah, it. it. Yeah, it's a mess. It's, yeah. You know, and so obviously there's custodian options. There's hiring other people. People you know can do it. But so it, it's just... Um, there's got to be a simplified way, basically. That's the yes. And someone will come out with it. Someone's going to be the person selling the picks and shovels for this. I mean, they already are, but you get what I mean. Totally. Like it's, it's, you know, someone will make something that makes Bitcoin so much more adoptable or usable. You know, and as I said, like, I think this will be one of the game changers for international, you know, commerce and business. So when you're doing big deals, oh, I want to buy a thousand of X or a thousand of Y. And we're going to send you two Bitcoin for it, you know, right? Something like that. Um, yeah, it it has its efficiencies in in terms of you know settlement within an hour, final settlement within an hour. I mean, it, yeah. it, it certainly beats the the legacy system system, even though people think it's it's slow and this and that. And it's like, well, when you compare it to the alternatives, like you send one wire transfer, and it's like, all right, I'd rather just use Bitcoin. It's so much easier. Don't get me wrong. There's different accounting and tax implications for using it that make it not so fun to use or or easy to use. Actually, it can be a real pain. But it's it's more just the point. Like as a technology of final settlement of value it's fucking awesome and it it's it surprisingly works <laughs> that's the weirdest thing like I, I probably haven't done a bitcoin transaction in a long time but like when you send it and it and it works it's like magical you're like i can't believe it actually worked which is you know Come considering on. it yeah it is it is crazy that it does actually work it's a, it's a unique experience you know i think everyone mm -hmm. should do it yeah Pretty funny since we started recording. Yeah, I think the Nasdaq went from positive three basis points to 
negative down 35 basis points or whatever, roughly. So, well, a little baby swing here while we're recording. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know what's going to happen. And as I said, I think that Suez Canal thing is more and more becoming that uh, black swan. That'll be interesting. If, if, that, if that's yeah. what triggers this whole thing or if that's what's this pin top, that's going to be pretty interesting. Because, it, it, again, it's one of those things that's so right on the spot, you know, where it just happens like that, like in the, in the you know, in a flash, and all of a sudden yep. it changes everything. You know, the, the ripples this is going to send through, just imagine freight brokerages. People are supposed to be receiving supplies now, even if it was, like, like let's say somewhere, you know, in France or Italy was supposed to receive supplies, supplies, and, you know, that was probably only a day trip away from wherever it was in the Suez, if not less, is now not getting there. And that's going to be, it started to be immediately felt, and it's going to just ripple and continue to ripple. Right. Speaking of Ripple, <laughs> let's, see. Let's, see the, let's see what XRP USD is up to. The ultimate shit going. Oh, man. Peter the brand. I had that feeling it was going to pump too the other day. It got, it got the feelies going. I was like, I, I, I thought there was a scam pump. And then the brand confirming my thoughts was making me feel pretty pretty tingly inside. I was like, wow, are we really going to get a Ripple scam pump? <laughs> I mean, dude, like when you, look at, when you look at 2017, I mean, it was literally... Two two week candles, you know, really five yeah. weeks of trading, roughly, that did the majority of that move. I mean, there was before that more, but you know, we had like consolidation. I was like, if that happens, you know, it's it's always funny. Like the things that are hated the most pump the hardest. But right. I think, yeah, like I think what's funny is Ethereum is one of those ones where everyone's been kind of pissy about it because it hasn't, like, sure it went to all time highs, but it really only did like. Over the former ATH, thirty to forty percent, which right. Bitcoin's obviously outperformed that, and other altcoins have well way outperformed that against USD. So I think that's something. And again, Ethereum has infinite supply. So why the fuck should it go up? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I think people are about to find that out really quickly here. Is that you know, if it can print infinite supply, well, guess what? There's going to be more supply than there's demand. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like I like taking a look at the the Ethereum chart just as like my barometer of where it's like my barometer for everything that's not Bitcoin. Yeah, I know it's it's a pretty doing. good and and not everything falls perfectly, but they're they're within a day or two, if not you know much more. You know what I mean? Like the Ethereum Bitcoin yeah. chart's pretty sad right now. I tried to yeah. pump and it's going back down, and this this yeah. might get even more sad soon. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, let's, uh, I'll go to the. I need the Bitfinex chart. That'll be a better one. Yeah. So I mean, like, we could have ways to go here against Bitcoin. Right. That's just that's like always my my good frame of reference of where everything else is. And and I think once kind of Bitcoin passed that one trillion dollar market cap, I think I forget. It's like around fifty four thousand something like that. That that's a big milestone. You and I talked about that for years. I guess. Yes. Yeah, like, I mean, that was what we. I, I was we like, were so close. Whatever, like in yeah, twenty seventeen, yeah. we weren't far as as a general. The crypto market cap got just north of eight hundred billion in twenty seventeen. And what a little less than half that I think you know the top was Bitcoin or you know half of it depending on the twenty k mark. So I mean it was yeah, yeah. Bitcoin was four hundred billion. I mean that was big, right? And that was before we had all these two trillion dollar companies. <laughs> no, yeah, it's a good I mean, point. And uh, <laughs> and it was it was like twenty seventeen. It, it's so funny that seems so long ago. Like, dude, because it is. Not even, <laughs> yeah. dude, because yeah. it is. It's four years. 
Dude, it's a, it fucks with me. It's like, it's like, wow, I've been following this for four years of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a long time. It, it is, dude. You're like, wow. It's a definite change. Big time. What do you think, dude? That, that's probably a good way to wrap this one up. Yeah. This is uh, this is good to catch up. A lot to talk about. It seems like you know we're getting more news each and every week. So hopefully we'll be able to. I think we'll have there will be some more interesting news so coming up. So definitely good way to end episode 105. Thank you for listening. Yep. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Yeah, leave us a comment, shoot us a DM, let us know if there's anything else you want us to touch on, and we're more than happy to do it. All right, peace. Peace.